Welcome back to Ravens Recap, where the Rams and the Ravens are facing off at 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock their time. Will that be an advantage for us? Who knows? We probably need all the things we can get. But we're going out there at MT Bank Stadium, one of the last two home games of the year. We're all done with our away matchups, unless we get into the playoffs, which would be really cool. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're at home the rest of the season here in the regular season. Facing off against these Rams who are on a four-game winning streak after a three-game losing streak midseason. So a very up-and-down team. Let's get into them. Let's talk about this Rams team. What are you guys expecting here? Oh, man. Well, (laughs) I think in a vacuum, my initial thought is I'm looking at what just happened this past week. And going into this week, I think it's going to be the same thing. The offense is going to need to keep pace. And... We'll see how much the defense can hold on because this Rams team, while they've struggled in the second half of the season relative to how quickly they got out of the gate the first half, you still got an offense there with with three receiving targets who can really burn you. Cooper Cup has obviously been the best wide receiver in the league this year. You got Odell Beckham there who's fine and Von Jefferson there who's an up-and-coming rookie. And then... If you cover all of them, fantasy football meme Tyler Higby can still do some things <laughs> underneath. So, yeah, once again, uh, Ravens Patrick secondary versus uh, talented receiving core is going to be key and the first thing the Ravens are going to have to look at when game planning for, for this team, in my opinion. Yeah, the only potentially good news, uh, I think Jimmy Smith has confirmed he's off the COVID list. So assuming he's healthy, he should be good to go. Chris Westry, I think we're still waiting on confirmation from him, uh, but I think he has a chance to be back. If both of those guys play, I think for me that makes a big difference if I feel somewhat confident versus not confident at all. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. The Ravens have historically matched up fairly well with Matt Stafford. I'm not as scared about him, but after seeing what Burrow did to us last week uh, against our cornerbacks, I'm a little scared of that happening again if we don't have everybody that we need to play play. So we'll see, man. We're going to go to the game. We're going to have a good time. Win, lose, draw, whatever. We'll be there. <laughs> yeah, Matt Stafford. Now, granted, this is obviously with Detroit and not with the Rams. This is his first season with that team. He's only played against Baltimore twice. He has an 0-2 record, 66 completion percentage, but a two touchdowns to four picks. So he has not had the best of games against the Ravens and to give the Ravens a little hope I mean you look at those two years where those games happened 2013 and 2017 not the best defenses in Ravens history granted I think at least to 2017 secondary was better than what's going to be out there on the field this Sunday but 2013 also a year where you had a lot of injuries uh, to that positional group and the Ravens were still able to hold Matt Stafford that in that game that was obviously the game where Justin Tucker only had to hit a 61 yarder to win that game but they held Kelvin Johnson in check that game so that game was also in Detroit so obviously a completely different roster now than then but uh, still something that you can look back on and say like hey the Ravens were in a similar spot and they had a positive outcome so we'll see. Peter, I think you're touching on the way that the Rams can get got. Mr. Stafford over here, 
coming off a really bad game against the Vikings, a secondary that's usually one that, you know, fancy football people are like, you can exploit them. And you look at all their weapons and like, you could be exploited. So you can think about them saying the exact same thing. And I'm sure they will next week about the Ravens secondary. But Stafford threw two horrendous picks and an additional like, okay, pick, you know, like yeah. that, that happens. Three interceptions. Should have um, had a only fourth. one touchdown. Oh, really? Could have fourth on the first drive of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Should have had a fourth. Yeah, so this guy only had a 46.8 passer rating. They won despite what he was uh, doing to stink up the field. And I could definitely see Stafford being uh, Sadford, you know, and that being the reason the Ravens are able to win this game. We talked about how the turnover differential will be huge in our ability to win against Cincinnati. We didn't have it there. But there's definitely a chance that we could have it here and win this, uh, as you put it, horse race of, you know, we got to get a lap ahead and maybe we can stay there and, and win the game. Yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, one thing that'll certainly help getting some COVID activations back on there. So Justin Houston, uh, Matabuke as well, Gino Stone, a lot of those guys, I think, who had been pretty good role players for us over the last couple of weeks, they were all out against the Bengals. Uh, so those guys hopefully should be coming back for this game. Uh, we'll see as the week progresses uh, with more news on those guys. But I would be pretty excited. We get some of those guys back. I think our defense looks a lot better than it did against the Bengals, particularly from the pass rush. Um, I think that'll be really good. I think the Ravens' rush defense continues to to still perform pretty well, so I'm not as worried about that. But yeah, you know, if again, you know, we'll see how the week progresses. But if a lot of these weapons come back, at least on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Ravens' uh, matchup looks a lot better this week than it did the previous week. For sure, for sure. We're sorry to talk about players that we actually like, you know, had on the fifty-three man roster before the start of the season. It's big, <laughs> the big dub. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a, a path to victory where you could slow down Odell, you can slow down Cup. I know it's not easy, but I think I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford and Cup get a similar treatment to how we handled Adams. I know Stafford is not a uh, Rogers, but just Cup has been unstoppable this year he's really having a, a career year and a year that may even be uh historic for a wide receiver so stopping him and the other uh receiving weapons will be the huge part of the game because while the rams running attack has been pretty effective this year uh, our run defense has been stout enough that i'm not as worried about that so with cooper cup i think that we just have to accept that they're not going to stop him. <laughs> I mean, you look at what he's done this year. He's only had one game, a 37-20 to 20 loss to Arizona, where he had less than 92 receiving yards. Every other game this season, he's hit at least 92. Four games with, 90, with just under 100 receiving yards, but in the 90s, and then all the rest of the games, that would be 10 over 100 yards. It's just incredible what year he's had. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to take advantage of it in fantasy. I tried to, in Dynasty, take advantage of Cooper Cup season that I kind of fell into him because I don't know if he's going to repeat this. Because, <laughs> but yeah, he's been unguardable. So I think the Ravens are going to have a better shot here at trying to take away Odell and Von Jefferson and, you know, just just see if, if Stafford having to force the ball to Cooper Cup will kind of make them one-dimensional. I don't know. Uh, it's, But yeah, I mean, the way to beat the Rams this year is to, is to figure out how do you do it in spite of Cup? Because no one 
has been able to to stop him fully. I mean, even Arizona, like I said, that was his worst game of the year. And then he comes back in the second matchup and has 123 yards and a touchdown on 13 catches. Well, that's certainly pessimistic there, but I understand what you're saying, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> they played good defenses this year, and he's still done well. But they've still look. They still they uh, San Francisco crushed them by 21 points when with Cup had 122 yards. Uh, Tennessee beat them big when Cup had 11 catches for 95 yards. Like you can still beat these guys, and Cooper Cup has a monster day. Yeah, I I can I definitely agree with that. I think it's one of those things where it's just management and and kind of what we talked about, right? The Ravens were getting torn up in the first possession by the Bengals. We saw Higgins getting a bunch of yards. I was like, man, he is definitely the you know the GPP play that everyone should have played. And sure enough, you know he went off to have a huge game. But the thing of note in that whole series is that they bended but did not break. They only let up a field goal and they got out of it. You know you can see how. You can let up a lot of uh, empty calorie yards to this offense as long as you're able to buckle down and not give up the touchdowns. There's a way the Ravens definitely could stay in this game because the offense has proven to be uh, good enough per drive, even with these backups. That if Lamar, you know, like God willing, is able to play, or if just Huntley gets back from COVID, I think we have a much better chance of putting up 25 plus points and keeping it competitive. Yeah, definitely. I think you bring up a good point there. So, again, diving into the Cooper Cup stat extravaganza, the four losses that the Rams have had this year, uh, Cooper Cup did not score a touchdown. Um, they did have two games where they won, uh, where Cup didn't score a touchdown. One of those was the was the one game of the year where Bobby Trees broke out, uh, unfortunately, right before his injury, and then the other one was. Uh, <laughs> last week uh, against Minnesota, a game that, quite honestly, the Rams stole from the Vikings. So, yeah, I think you bring up a great point. The Rams are going to get yards with Cooper Cup, but if the Ravens can make sure those are those are empty yards, that's how they can get an advantage. Bobby Trees, that got me. I had to think for a second there. <laughs> I thought that's his well-known nickname. I know it is. I know it is. Just for okay. whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. I was just this, like... This isn't like the Flaming Tomato where, where I'm making <laughs> up a nickname that never existed. He's known, at least in the Twitter sphere, as Bobby Trees. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great nickname. It's a great nickname. <laughs> I'm just realizing now who that was. I'm not on Twitter oh, yeah. that often. <laughs> Robert Woods, for those at home yeah, yeah. who didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which hey, again, man, he's, I did not coin. For that, I can't years. take credit for that. <laughs> yeah, he was a stud for a few years. I remember him uh, saving my fantasy teams a few years ago. Just uh, until everybody realized that he was also good. I think the other thing to point out is that the Ravens actually haven't played against Odell Beckham Jr. this year. He's been uh, a, a character this year. He got traded before we ever got to see the Browns this year, and uh, this will be the first game he won't get to completely escape this Ravens secondary. Although maybe we wish he would, because I think he still's got it. He has three touchdowns in the last four games with the Rams. He's starting to kind of turn it on there. And uh yeah. Not looking forward to seeing him, to be honest. <laughs> I can't tell how I feel about him, man. I mean, I know the the first matchup we had with him when he was on the Giants uh was fine until Jimmy Smith went down and then it was not so fine. Um if you guys recall, that was Tavon Young's rookie year as well. He got uh he had the pleasure of being put on him believe in the second half after jimmy went down and it was a mixed bag but uh ever since he's been on the browns i really haven't been concerned about odo beckham 
So now I don't know, should I expect a Browns Odell Beckham or a Giants Odell Beckham or something worse? I mean, he's definitely a uh, a serviceable receiver. If you just look at his box scores, all of his touchdowns this year, all four of them have come in a Rams jersey. Um, he's definitely outproducing the Cleveland version of himself, probably because he has better quarterback play. And uh, yeah, and not all the attention in a way. So I think he's definitely benefiting from this move. And uh, which is not to say that he can't be stopped because you also look at it and he doesn't get that many targets necessarily. The biggest game he had was against Arizona. That was kind of his big uh, breakout game and also the game against Green Bay. So and I guess high uh, volume passing games where they really need to put on the points. He's getting touches, but some of the other games, he's just not as involved and maybe gets one touchdown. So there are definitely ways maybe game script him out. Yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting matchup. But I mean, honestly, the guy I, I'm more concerned about Von Jefferson versus this defense than than Odell, if I'm being honest. I mean, this guy, he's a second round pick last year and uh, he did decently his rookie year, uh, 19 catches for 220 yards and a touchdown. You know, probably I, I didn't pay, pay attention to him last year, but I could see him being a guy that along the lines of how we felt about, you know, Duvernay and Prochet, uh, Rams fans would probably felt like, you know, this guy's shown some flash. If he gets a bigger role in the offense, he could really shine. And it's really what he's done this year. I mean, he, he's kind of a boomer bust guy, but some of the games where he's been good, he's been getting been a guy who can just get behind the secondary and just cause a drive altering play. I mean, he's had big catches of 79 yards against Green Bay, 68 against Houston, six touchdowns on the year. He's been a decent red zone threat. This is a guy who, if the defense gives too much attention to Cup and Odell, could be a guy who could really burn some of these uh, less experienced corners. So he's, in my opinion, I think he's more of a threat to this defense than Odell will be on Sunday. Yeah, I think Van has a promising career ahead and is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. If we turn our eyes to the backfield, uh, big news coming out of the camp today is that Henderson's going on IR. He might be able to come back for the playoff run the Rams are on, but it's going to be the Sony Michelle show, but it does seem like Cam Akers is going to get his first action of the year in a legendary and historic comeback uh, from uh, an Achilles tear. I guess it's not legendary yet, but it's definitely historic. Uh, five months is about the fastest we've ever seen any pro athlete come back from that kind of injury. And uh, it doesn't sound like he'll get a full workload. And Michelle's been playing well for them, actually better in PFF scoring than uh, Henderson. But I'm definitely interested in seeing Akers. And it has nothing to do with uh, me being a dynasty manager of him. I'm just like legitimately curious uh, how his recovery is and if he's really ready to play in games as soon. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, even if you're not a fan of a team, if a good player goes down, it just sucks for the football community because, like, you don't get to see them play. Obviously, we're all bummed that Dobbins went down this year, and we will never know what this offense would have looked like with him this year. Uh, and Rams can kind of say the same thing with Akers, even though when they had Henderson uh, healthy, he filled in admirably, and Michelle's doing an okay job for them right now. It could be huge for their their postseason hopes if Akers comes back and he's even somewhat of the back that he was. Uh, that'll really help um, them to spell Michelle and give them more of a rushing presence, which really helps this team because 
this is another offense that's really uh, predicated on the play-action passing. And as we've discussed before, if you're not rushing the ball, as the Ravens certainly know this year, the play-action pass is not as effective. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how much uh, Acres is part of the game plan on Sunday and uh, if that's something the Ravens will have to keep an eye on and, and respect to throw off the cadence of the play-action pass for the Rams. Do you guys remember how long it took for Terrell Suggs to recover from his Achilles injury back in 2012? I want to say that hap- didn't that happen in like early April that year and he was back right before the bye in that awful game to Houston? About that. I think it was late. I think it was late April. Um, it says here he went under the knife May 8th and then came back October 21st. So that was about five months. Jeez. So it's wow. it's definitely, it's you know, what Cam Akers is doing is incredible. Um, it's definitely historic. It's probably not the fastest anybody's returned. Seems like Suggs came back a little bit quicker. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible what a you know modern medicine and and uh, surgical techniques and rehab and and all that stuff are able to do for these professional athletes. I'd be able to get back and in, into playing shape in in that amount of time. It's just incredible. Yeah, wow, that's a good find there, Chris. I appreciate that. I think uh, obviously you know outside linebacker, defensive end slash uh, running back, very different you know positions, but explosiveness is still key. When either you know guarding a pass rush, setting the edge, or you know trying to get around said edge uh, for the running back, so definitely interested to see how uh, how Acres plays. And uh, obviously, yeah, like you said, Peter, for the whole football community, it's just so disheartening to see, particularly running backs uh, on their rookie deals, like not getting the chance to do everything that they can to try to get the next contract because we know how hard it is for them to make a, a quote unquote living in the NFL and uh, you know get that next payday and. And when you see a, like an upcoming star just get stifled like that uh, due to injury, it's just so sad. If we look at the trenches, I'm a bit concerned about um, the Ravens' defense being able to generate uh, sacks against this unit. What do you guys think? Do you think this is a, a game where we're going to have to dial up the blitz to get pressure, or is there a way for us to uh, exploit them and get sacks or pressure events without uh, having to bring numbers? Honestly, I don't think we're going to know till Sunday. <laughs> that's just that's with, fair with the outside linebacker yeah. group being uh, completely coveted. Right. Yeah. I mean, are we going to have Houston for this game? I don't know. Is there going to be other surprise COVIDs that pop up? I don't know. It's like, um, right. yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think as it stands, yeah, this is a this is a unit that has a very strong offensive line. That's part of the reason they've been able to still have a strong running game with, uh, you know, career backups, Daryl Henderson and, and Sony Michelle with Cam Akers out. Um, and you just look at the fact that the Ravens have still continued to have difficulty rushing the passer if not all those guys are in. Yeah, I, th- I think their best shot is to have both Bowser and Houston healthy, but we'll, we'll have to see if that's what if that's what we get. Yeah. I guess we can mention this now. I don't believe we've heard any more recent news, but uh, left tackle uh, Andrew Whitworth was put on the COVID list on Saturday, so he did miss Sunday's game. Um, So depending on what his status is, he may or may not be back for the game against the Ravens. Definitely uh, help us out. I mean, he's, you know, Ravens fans should be familiar with him. He's a longtime Cincinnati Bengal that left a few years ago to play for the Rams. Um, He's been 
a heck of a player. I remember, I always remember the, uh, this is the second Terrell Suggs, uh, 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 <laughs> fun fact that I brought up in the episode. I didn't even intend for this, by the way, but I remember watching a lot of the uh, <laughs> Terrell Suggs uh, top 100 player videos in the uh, in the 2000, you know, 2010, 2011 or something, and they would always interview Andrew Whitworth, and uh, they would talk about the battles that they had, and, and they had a lot of mutual respect for each other. So I've always, I always remember that and, and know that he was a really great player. So we'll see if he's back. It'll be cool if he is. Uh, that way, you know, it's always... It's always fun to have all your players healthy when uh, when you're going to matchups like this. So, uh, but we'll have to see. Yeah, the Los Angeles Rams um, are tied for second least sacks allowed with 25 this year. Of the group that has these lower sack numbers, they have one of the most dropbacks. The only team that has uh, less sacks or more attempts is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with 642 attempts and only 21 sacks, which is pretty darn incredible. No surprise there. One thing I will say, though, is, um, and and part of it could be because Whitworth is out. I actually don't know when he was out. But, yeah, if you look uh, back for what's happened with Stafford so far this year, the first eight games, he only got sacked multiple times uh, once. That was against the Giants. He got sacked twice. Uh, Every other game there, only sacked once or no times. But in the past seven weeks... uh, He's got sacked five times against Tennessee, twice against San Francisco, twice against Green Bay, uh, three times against Arizona, four times against Seattle. So teams are starting to get to him more. And if you look at those games, he, in most of them, not all of them, most of them, he he, were some of the ones where he struggled. So if the Ravens are able to get to Stafford and and apply some pressure, that again can help help get this, uh, this offense off the tracks a little bit. So... Which I mean isn't isn't too uh, surprising a thing to say. Generally, uh, prototypical pocket passers, which Stafford is, you want to apply pressure, get them uncomfortable in the pocket uh, to mess up their downfield game. But I think it's still worth noting that while the Rams started out the season uh, impeccable in that department, they're still doing a good job. But the past few weeks, um, there's been some cracks in in that area. Well, maybe we'll get to see more flashes of that interior pass rush that we saw out of Broderick, Washington, and Mac. Obviously, we hope that they're not uh, getting called up as much with uh, maybe more people coming back from COVID, but that is definitely a, a promising development from those two young guys and uh, definitely a, a chance to see uh, continued growth there. Because uh, as we know, and we'll talk about it soon, when you have a game wrecker on the internal defensive line, uh, it can really disrupt offensive lines. So, yeah, I mean, talking about that interior pass rush, maybe the Ravens might be able to garnish. The Rams' defense is no uh, foreigner to that concept. They've got one of the best players in the NFL on the defensive side, Aaron Donald. Already has 12 sacks on the year, eighth Pro Bowl selection, uh, eighth straight, that is. Uh, you know, he's he's still a great player, despite maybe being now a vet in the league, getting a little bit older, but still just absolutely a unit and one of the main members of this Rams defense, which while their results haven't been necessarily like, oh, they're the greatest defense in the league, like many thought they might be going into the season, um, they still got a lot of big playmakers. Yeah, Donald, uh, yeah, again, still incredible, um, still playing incredible. The Ravens had a good game plan for him when they played the Rams in 2019. We have some of those pieces now. I, I'm not, still not sure if I feel super great about our matchup with him. Uh, I do trust Bozeman. I trust Seidler. 
Uh, if Cleveland's there, I think that'll be pretty good. But it's it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Roman is going to uh, do to scheme up against him. Whether we're going to have two guys on him at all times, or we're going to try and uh, you know move Boyle inside to get a couple blocks. Maybe Ricard might be back. He might be another option that we have there as well. But yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the other uh, thing that the Rams have that you know maybe they didn't have a few years ago, uh, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller, uh, both been both been playing well. Uh, I think Floyd has nine sacks on the year. Von Miller came over a couple months ago with a trade from the uh, Denver Broncos. So they've got a lot of pieces here, you know, at least on their, their pass rush and, and guys who are generally disruptive. It's going to be interesting. I, I foresee that there probably will be at least one holding call on Big Al, though. <laughs> <laughs> bold prediction? <laughs> That's not bold, though. <laughs> How many holding calls might get called on Big Al and be bold? That sounds like a poll question. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, <laughs> Save for the brutal. Oh man! Gosh, I tell you, the polls are getting harder and harder to to, to come up with as we get later into the season. Because I'm like, man, first off, I got to make this poll relevant to the game, and second off, I need to to come up with a poll that'll have a positive spin as well. Because <laughs> I want it to be a fun thing that brings us together. <laughs> well, the big owl holds might be a, a thing uh, that brings the Ravens community together, <laughs> <laughs> despite it being a. Uh, Kind of, kind of tragic, but yeah, man. Like you said, Leonard Floyd, nine sacks on the year already. Uh, obviously, they brought in Von Miller, uh, who will be the second time we've seen him, but just in a different uniform. Uh, he's getting lots of snaps with the Rams and, and involved player. Uh, this pass rush is definitely one to be concerned about. And while our offensive line's looking better these last few weeks, it's going to be a big test for them. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye on this matchup. The Ravens actually are tied with the bears for the most sacks allowed with uh 49 on the year yeah that's crazy Oof. yeah we'll have to we'll have to ask julio about that to understand to put that into perspective on how bad that is man but um i i do think though you have to look at to what happened in cincinnati as some a bright spot going into this game because that's a very talented defensive line they've got a lot of players on there who having big sack years and they limited to just one so We'll see what happens Sunday, but if they can continue that, uh, continue that meshing. I mean, the Bengals got five sacks on the Ravens back in uh, the first matchup, and that was with Lamar out there. So I think, but I think another key thing that a lot of people have picked up on, both Huntley and and, uh, Johnson, the ball's getting out quicker with both those guys. And that's not a knock on Lamar. You know, there's a lot of factors into why that is. You know, play calling has something to do with it, those guys being less experienced in that offense is another part of it as well. So they're going to their, their hot reads quicker. But if, if the Ravens can continue to do that and continue to have success in that area, that's another uh, tool they can use to kind of beat this pass rush and, and keep whoever's back there at quarterback upright. Do we think the Rams, are they going to like do anything because of what we did to them in 2019? Is there any like bad blood here? Are they going to come out and whip our butts because of that? That's an interesting question. I would guess no, because like that was when when you're not divisional foes or you're not like conference teams that are playing each other every year. I think that stuff kind of just doesn't hold as much weight. And you also had it's it's interesting. There's still a lot of different, a lot of turnover on the Rams since then. But yeah, I guess it's something to to watch out for. Um, They could remember that game and, and how the Ravens embarrassed them on Monday Night Football and want a little bit of revenge there and see that the Ravens are weakened with all the injuries. 
it's, it could be a factor. Yeah, I don't know. I think you bring up a good point. Uh, just, you know, with it not being a divisional matchup and it's not really it's not really a rivalry in, in terms of, you know, interconference. Um, you know, we haven't really had that many games against the Rams and even the ones that, you know, the 2019 game, obviously great for the Ravens. But before that, I can't really remember of that many, like, notable games between us and the Rams I guess the move also kind of like changes things a little bit but yeah it's you you bring up a good point though around you know just the roster turnover I mean the Rams have been one of the most active teams in the league in terms of free agency trades we don't even know how many picks they have in the next like three drafts because they keep (laughs) trading them away for things uh, <laughs> but I mean to give you some perspective right we were talking about Kenny Young last episode I mean he was on the Ravens in 2019 and then he went to the Rams in 2020 and now we're going to play him again in 2021 and he's not there anymore so um, <laughs> you know there <laughs> there is a lot of turnover I mean you have some guys who've been around for a while like Aaron Donald he's still there obviously but other than that yeah there's a lot of new faces and I, I don't expect them to be like the Bengals either to kind of like remember that I'm sure a few of them might but I think the Rams are also like they're pretty seasoned. They've made the playoffs a lot the last couple of years, and you know obviously they've been to a Super Bowl, so um, you know they're a little bit more uh, seasoned, I think, than the Bengals. So I don't think the history is going to matter too much there. I think honestly, this team's going to just be uh, hoping to put together a win. These are two very different teams, uh, different quarterback at the helm, different uh, you know just overall makeup of the Ravens at this point, particularly with. Uh, injuries and COVID. I, I just, I don't think it's comparable. Looking at the ability to stop the pass, the Rams defense obviously saw Jalen Ramsey, uh, who got selected to his fifth uh, Pro Bowl this year, three interceptions, 13 pass deflections, and just in general getting that treatment where no one wants to throw it in his direction. Uh, the Rams are also ranked 21st against tight ends. So this could be a, a place for Mark Andrews to continue his ridiculous streak and put up points, but uh, definitely going to be a little bit of a challenge for the Ravens and the passing attack. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't care if the Rams are number one against tight ends. Mark Andrews is having another big game. I think he's unstoppable right now, <laughs> and whoever's at quarterback is going to want to target him, so seems like another monster spot for him. I do think it'll be interesting, though, um, to see how the Ravens attack Jalen Ramsey. Uh, unfortunately for, for Hollywood Brown, since... Lamar's gotten hurt uh he's just really hasn't had the opportunity to have as big a games as he's had in the early in the first half of the season just has had difficulty with being able to time uh get the timing correctly with the quarterbacks who are out there which honestly seems to be more on on those quarterbacks than than him I think pretty much everyone is in agreement with that so you know are the Rams going to focus on him uh matching Ramsey up with him or are they going to kind of spread him around and uh to that point could this be another another big game for Bateman or or, or Prochet if there's a lot of attention to Hollywood again uh, I, th- I could see that being the case where we're going to have another big day f- with from Prochet if Duvernay is out again it's a good point Peter this is bringing back some memories of just last week where um Osborne was a, a play obviously he didn't do much in DFS, but I did hear he was a play because uh, the Rams have actually been laying up a decent amount in uh, the slot. So uh, one of the guys, I guess, identified that on uh, on uh, DFS Twitter and, and was being the drum for uh, Mr. Osborne. So maybe 
just maybe uh james prochet <laughs> will be the uh the sneaky uh dart play of uh dfs lineups but more likely bateman right so like yeah i mean i think that actually might be a, a place that the ravens could uh attack them i think we saw a little bit of hurry up a little bit of tempo be super effective for this ravens team i don't know if they just scripted 15 plays and ran out of them and then were like oh oops we can't do tempo anymore or what, why it went away, but maybe a little bit more tempo, a little bit more five wide, four wide sets. And uh, that could be the the trick for this offense to get more productivity. Yeah, it's a shame, though, about Hollywood Brown. Um, I think it's like a good uh, good take there, Peter. Yeah, he's been, uh, been a little quiet, I think, the last couple of games from exactly what you said. I think the change in quarterback play has been a big piece of that. But I really want him to be able to, you know, have another – you know, good game to kind of end the season out. I know he's close to a thousand yards. It'd be kind of cool for him to have that milestone. Yeah, just I, I don't love this matchup. <laughs> I mean, Ramsey is one of the most physical corners, you know, out there. He's, I mean, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the the turnover ability. I just, I don't know if he, <laughs> I don't know if Hollywood matches up really well against him. You know, maybe for like one or two deep shots if we can try to take it. But again, it depends on who's playing quarterback <laughs> as to whether those are going to be completed. Otherwise, you know, he might get involved for a drive or two, just kind of like little dink and dunk plays or something, which I mean, I, I guess is fine if it leads to a score. That's cool. But, you know, it would just be nice to kind of have one of those games where Hollywood is just able to be a focal point of the offense because it seemed like when we had that, you know, usually we'd see some good things. Uh, for some additional context, according to pro football fantasy football which i think is still pro football focus uh last week justin jefferson one of the best wide receivers in the league right now matched up against jalen ramsey for 21 snaps jefferson was targeted five times three catches for 24 yards so that's not super good looking at uh, hollywood's matchup but you know it's been a strange season so we'll see what happens so we had a listener question that i think kind of ties into the rams defense uh, and just kind of the overall conversation we had uh, about the Rams offense as well. Uh, listener Hazim asks, on how many fourth downs will we go for it in this game? And I do think this is one of those games where aggressiveness will be uh, key in order for us to keep pace with this team and uh, make the most of our opportunities and throughout the game flow. I don't know a number. I, I, I'm willing to make a number. I may, I'm willing to make a line in the sand and say maybe three. But uh, I think it's going to be as many as it takes. I think you're going to see aggressive nature out of this team uh, and we'll hope for the best. Is that a bold prediction? No. I don't bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think exact number is kind of hard to say. The, the first number that popped in my head is two. And I think the, the question that's easier to answer is how early will the Ravens go for on fourth down? And, and honestly, with, again, how explosive this offense can be with the Rams and what we've just seen from the Ravens honestly these past four weeks despite the fact that only one of them was a blowout you know the the Ravens really need to to get a multi multiple score lead on this team it's definitely easier said than done and I don't know if it's within the you know the realm of possibilities barring something really flukish happening on defense and Stafford throwing a lot more interceptions. But I honestly think I, I would, if, if you're setting the over under at 0.5 number of times the Ravens go for it on fourth down in the first half, I would take the over and feel safe about that. I think we're going to see an aggressive offensive game plan because we just saw last week what's that, you know, that 
it's tough to rely on a defense with this banged up of a secondary. Yeah, I had in my head at least two. And my only hope is that we don't have to rely on one of those in the fourth quarter, less than two minutes, and that we don't have to do a two-point conversion over a field goal. I mean, if we have to do it, then I trust Harbaugh. Like, we'll go for it again. Hopefully it turns out well. I just, I hope for the sake of our fan base and for our collective hearts everywhere that we don't have to go through that and that we win by like a field goal with four minutes to go and then defense shuts out Stafford or something. (laughs) Oh man, I will say the one silver lining... (laughs) The one silver lining to last week's game is that there's no should they or shouldn't they have gone for it on fourth down or why did they go for that two-point conversion debates because I don't think I I needed a break from that. (laughs) At least a one-week break from, oh man, from those those arguments and, and talking points. Yeah, well, the fans didn't talk about it, but I know some of the Bengals players did. I know when uh, it was the fourth down play, I think in the fourth quarter, you know, there's like five minutes left or something. I don't remember the exact timestamp. But uh, they make the tackle, and then Hendrickson points up to the scoreboard, and he's just like, basically, just like, why'd you go for it, guys? Come on. <laughs> My man, come on. Don't beat us while we're down. But also, okay. <laughs> you win. But also, respect. Also, you win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I hear you, man. Uh, <laughs> we're still banking on just players getting back, man. I know we're, you know, <laughs> it's so unfortunate. I thought that the comment you had in the last episode, Alec, about how it seems like we need to record on Sunday mornings is uh, is too true, man, because it's just like <laughs> recording on Mondays now just doesn't seem sufficient enough because we have no idea who's going to play. <laughs> we have no idea who's not going to be active, who is currently active right now. And it's just, it's it's impossible. You know, I like I lost my bold prediction like two days before we even played because we knew Lamar wasn't even like on the plane ride over. So it's just it's crazy. Well, I think it's time to get into those bold predictions. Maybe try to avenge these problems. And this is a game where we'll be able to, to, uh, you know, be with each other and and acknowledge them live, which will be fun. As a reminder, I called for a Stevens pick. He played uh, the least amount of snaps in recent memory. Um, Peter said Prochet first touchdown, and he was close. Prochet had a great game, but no touchdown. And then Chris said three touchdowns in return for Lamar, who did not even hop on a plane. So, uh, yeah, big rip. This is a fun one. McPherson kicked something longer than a Hagar, which is 55 yards for those not in the... uh <laughs> recap lore of uh, <laughs> yardage numbers. Uh, for the longest game in their stadium. He did kick a long kick, but he didn't make it. So, uh, whoops. Yeah, poor Justin didn't get his bowl prediction this week, but uh, he'll have many other opportunities. Um, I'll probably get one. I'll probably get one before me next year at this rate. <laughs> I'm sure oh, he had such a great. I'm so sure he had such a hard time, you know, sleeping last night, just being like, oh, man. And the Bengals won by 20 points, but I, I just, I blotched my bowl prediction. I know. I, I, it's just feel awful. <laughs> No good, man. No good. Oh, man. This McPherson guy, though, he was pretty good. They did use a fifth-round pick on him. Uh, Bad move by the Bengals, but I think he could be someone who could be around for them for a bit. But anyways, that was last week. This is this week. I have no idea for bold predictions this week, so I'm going to go and throw out an insane prediction. Ravens uh, watch a lot of game film on what the Vikings did, and they pick off Matt Stafford at least three times. Man, go big. Oh, love it. (laughs) 
What's the score prediction, Peter? Well, see, here's where I don't go as big. <laughs> um, I believe the Ravens can win this game. I believe it is more likely that the Rams will win, and therefore I will pick them to win 31-23 to and hope that I'm wrong. Chris, I think I can confidently go ahead and not steal your bold prediction. Okay, go ahead. We don't do a video podcast, but if we did, A, you'd hear a lot more outtakes, and B, <laughs> you'd see that right now me and Chris are wearing Project Pat Pancake Pat t-shirts, of which Pancake Pat made my Christmas morning by retweeting me and giving me the most engagement I've ever seen <laughs> on Twitter mm-hmm. <laughs> about this uh, lovely present under the tree. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, unfortunately, wearing this shirt yesterday was not enough to uh, get him activated for this game and and see the field and be a difference maker for the team. But I'm going to say wearing it today again, <laughs> well, it might be enough and I'll wash it and maybe even bring it out as my base layer when we were uh, at the stadium, because obviously I'll need many layers to uh, withstand the cold, but I might wear this as my base layer. I'm going to say Project Pat comes back, gets a touchdown, and um, it's just pancaking people everywhere. So I'm, I'm calling for a Project Pat touchdown. You should retweet out the show with, with that bold prediction, and you know maybe maybe we can get him on the show. I mean, he liked, he liked your shirt. Uh, he liked Chris's shirt a few weeks ago. Look... We all love Pancake Pat here. Uh, in, in fact, actually, the um, Das Beer Hall in Parkville has a big display of uh, Patrick Ricard stuff, like a signed jersey and like other uh, fun things of, of Ricardanisms. And I wanted to take a picture next to it with my T-shirt on, but I, I did not because uh, there was another table there and i didn't want to like you know <laughs> it'd be weird hey what's about up it, guys but, uh, <laughs> 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 but i was admiring it from afar and was like nice nice so uh yeah definitely uh big fans of mr ricard man wouldn't have been really funny if that was actually my bull prediction all along <laughs> if, if so i would have given it to you <laughs> <laughs> no actually i did have something else in mind but uh no that was good i'm uh, glad you mentioned yeah the uh the engagement that we had from the tweet was uh was really special that was nice Dude, Pat's an awesome guy. If we could ever have him on the show, I'd uh, love to have him. That'd be really cool. Yeah, we can talk to you about anything, man. We can talk about your favorite pancake recipes. We can talk about anything. So uh, feel free to join Dude, us. If Pat Ricard wants but, to uh, open his own pancake house and needs investors, I'm in. I'll come every day. Yeah, I'll come, me too, I'll come every, I'll make, every day I'll make great for months. <laughs> I'll, I'll work in the kitchens. I'll just buy your food. Like, whatever you want, man. I'm there for you. We're trying to show this guy support and and why he would want to come on the show, not scare him off, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I hope I hope he's on the team uh, for a while. You know, I know we definitely have a contract decision coming up with him. But uh, anyhow, score prediction. Ooh, ah, all right. So if you look at my history, I always pick the Ravens to win, except against the Packers. We lost against the Packers, but in uh, very epic ways. Yeah, we really need to win this game, obviously. I think a loss basically cements us as not making the playoffs. I'm sure there'll be some ridiculous scenario that it, you know exists, but uh, not something you want to hang your hat on. So the question is, like, will Alec remain optimistic? Uh, yes. The answer is yes. So uh, it's the only way I can live my life <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I got to be optimistic. I understand maybe it's not probable, but I'm going to go with the range of outcomes that Peter suggested where it is possible. Um, I think it's a stinker of a game from Stafford, and we are able to win. Let's see, how's this look? Thirty-one to twenty-four Ravens. 
Dude, I've I've gone over the place this year. I've still yet to get a single bold prediction. I've gone <laughs> super bold. I've gone not so bold. I've gone all over the place and just like nothing seems to work. Um I'm going to go with the most sure thing here, but still make it kind of bold. I'm going to say that Mark Andrews ends up with 100 yards and two touchdowns. He <laughs> he seems like the only reliable, healthy option on this offense uh, right now. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he said he's been playing incredible. Um, I think he's going to continue that this week, and I, I hope to be there at the game to see it. As far as uh, score prediction... Uh, gosh, I said last week, I mean, the Bengals game was a must win. Uh, mathematically, you know, the Ravens are still, they solidly have a chance. It's not like, you know, 5% chance or something. It's, it's. I don't know what the exact percentage is, but I would imagine it's probably over a, a 50% chance to still make it. Um, but they, they have to win these last two games. Um, so in my opinion, it's a must win. I think the Ravens might be able to pull it out if they get enough people back. Uh, but I do think it's going to be somewhat high scoring. Uh, the Rams have have scored at least 30 points for most of their games this year. So I'm going to think that the Ravens win more of a shootout, 34-31. And if not, we're on to Pittsburgh. All right. Well, hopefully the Ravens are able to figure out a way to win. Like I said, you know, haven't seen a loss in the Lamar era. So trying to keep it that way at the stadium i guess the the thing is i have seen a loss in the lamar era so maybe (laughs) we need lamar to come back for this uh streak to hold so but we can hope harbaugh said for the third week running that he's hopeful that he'll be practicing and we'll see where he's at all right guys well thank you so much for listening to this episode of ravens recap we're looking forward to being at the rams game hope you are able to either uh be there yourselves or enjoy watching it at home make a lot of noise for the team let's not lose the faith i think if you're listening to the podcast at this stage of the game you're definitely a a true fan so we give you a a big thumbs up from the ravens recap crew you can follow us ravens underscore recap where you can participate in our weekly polls and uh, send us any messages or feedback and also you can email us feedback at ravensrecap.com we love this team we love all you guys go ravens let's see if we can make something out of nothing Mark, good game to me again, <laughs> dude. You still up by what, twelve. What are you gonna do, man? How you gonna? How you gonna? Just I'm gonna good game him back. back. <laughs> 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 they say two is trash. Can't throw a deep ball to Waddle. Good game. <laughs> did you see? Um, did you or did you listen to the, the fancy footballers today? I didn't. No, I had a, I had a chance uh, on the drive back for picking up Pixel. I was it was the only podcast in my queue, so I gave it a little listen. And apparently, uh, they kept sending. Uh, pizzas back and forth to one another as a, a good game like preemptive good game congratulations and <laughs> they were like i didn't eat the pizza though because i felt like that was uh letting in on the uh you know on the on the jinx so i gave it to my children <laughs> and i thought that was so funny <laughs> a congratulatory congratulatory pizza i'm not gonna eat it <laughs> A few moments later. Waddle touchdown. Oh, no way. It might be a Ravens recap finals. <laughs> right on right on cue. Good game from Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so how does this work? Does, does, does he get the good karma back on his side if I don't good game him back? Because this is getting tiring. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> do you have him? Like, what's the deal? Well, now I'm only down by I'm down by less than two points right now because I got a Waddle touchdown and and he has New Orleans defense, so he lost points while I gained points. Now he still has Kamara as well. Just say send a uh, send a pizza or it doesn't count. I think uh, I think Rayboard is right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just completely ignored Chris's <laughs> chat. I think that's good. I think that's good. It's 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 in his court now. Like I did the final good game before pizza was called. So unless he sends me pizza, then he's got the bad karma. 